Good morning, Church on the Rock. Hey, my name is Rashad Cunningham. I am one of the pastors here at Church on the Rock. We do that. Good morning, Church on the Rock. Good morning, Rashad. Uh, energy, just to feed off of one another, make sure that you're here, ready to hear a word of God, not me, but I want to hear your good morning because I want to know that you're actually ready to dig in with me. So, good morning, Church on the Rock! All right, so since it's Youth Sunday, we're not going to jump back into Romans until next week. Uh, we're going to instead do a one-off sermon called Kingdom Talk. Da-da-da, look at that. Excellent. Go James. Give it up for James. <laughs> now let's see if you can keep up with me. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the scriptures that they just read of that conversation between Mary and the angels. Uh, I was going to name this Kingdom Stuff. Because we're going to talk about stuff about the kingdom, but that just looks a little bit more professional, right? So um, we're going to be very practical. I know in this scripture, there's a lot of big theological things that we could talk about and Mary being the virgin and uh, the hypostatic union of the, you know, all these big words, hypostatic union, the, the immaculate conception, all that good stuff. Mm -mm. We're going to be very practical today because I want you to be able to take something from this in regards to the kingdom. So uh, get your pen, paper, whatever you're going to do, if you're just going to download it mentally, and we're going to walk through a couple of points, starting with the kingdom perspective. The kingdom perspective, that's the first thing we're going to talk about in Kingdom Talk. Looking at things from God's perspective instead of from our perspective. So it starts with the place. It starts with the place. Keep up with me. There we go. All right. So um, going on, yep, go to the scripture. Go to the scripture. Yep. Now in the sixth month, it says now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. Now, the reason that's important in regards to the place is because in the context of this chapter, earlier, this same angel, Gabriel, went to Jerusalem to the temple to talk to Zacharias. Now, here's the thing. Um, the temple in Jerusalem would be like New York City and like the Statue of Liberty. Like imagine an angel going to New York City, which is like the biggest city in America, and meeting, and meeting somebody at the Statue of Liberty to talk to them about what God wants. Like people would be like, yeah, that makes sense because it's the big place, it's the popular place, or maybe Los Angeles, maybe Florida, or something like that. But what happens when God shows up in Pittsburgh, Indiana, Right? Yeah, somebody took offense to that, right? Or Lisbon, Indiana, or Brownsburg, Indiana. Like, a lot of people say, well, surely God could care less what's going on here in little old church on the rock in Brownsburg, Indiana, because we're not as significant as the big mega church in New York City. Uh, but when it comes to location from a kingdom perspective, the only thing that makes some place, the place of the Lord, is the Lord. You see that? It's not, it's not the location, it's the Lord. So there's nothing too insignificant for God to use, including your homes, right? Um, including this garage, a warehouse, a jailhouse, my house, your house. Any house that has the Lord in it is a house of the Lord. Think about this. It says in heaven that there'll be like streets paved with gold and all this awesomeness in heaven. But if you remove the Lord, what is that called? It's called hell. If you take the Lord out of heaven, it's not heaven anymore. The thing that makes heaven heaven is the presence of the Lord. Think about that. What makes heaven, heaven is not the presence of your loved ones. 
It's not the presence of the animals getting along. It's not the gold streets. It's not any of that. What makes heaven heaven is the presence of the Lord. So think about this from your perspective now. Like, how would that change the way uh, you value coming to this building versus some big, big building? And pastors make decisions all the time based on what looks good and appealing to the people. They're like, hey, we need to build this big mega building so people will come. Or we need to make sure it's off of 267 and not back here on the back road on Tilden so people will come. And all you're doing is basically saying it's all dependent upon what appeals to people and their perspective, not the perspective of the kingdom. Make sense? Make sense? So the place, the place is always going to be where the Lord is. Like we sang in my father's house, there's a place for me. Well, what if you was in that house and the Lord ain't there? It ain't your father's house. You see how that works? And so this is, what, this is just one of the things about the perspective that we want to look at. But we also want to look at the profile. So we got the place, but we also want to look at the profile. Now, you know how people say, like, you have to fit a certain profile to qualify for this job or that job? You know, we're looking for a specific profile, a specific type of person to use. Well, we tend to carry those secular mindsets over into the kingdom. And we start looking at people and saying, surely God can't use a barber with a bad history, right? Or surely God can't use a black man in a predominantly white community, Surely God can't, we start looking at these profiles like, well, how, how's that church going to work if it's, if it's a black pastor in a predominantly white community and he has a bad past with that community? He doesn't fit the profile of what we would call a pastor of a church in Brownsburg, Indiana. And it's all because of the profiles that we've put together. It's all the profiles that we've made. It's not a kingdom perspective. So when we look at the scripture, look at this. It goes on and says, uh, Uh, He came to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David and the virgin's name was Mary. It says, and coming in and coming in, he said to her, greetings favored one, the Lord is with you. Now as a believer, anybody who is a believer that is in this in this room right now, you can look at that greeting and it applies to you. You are a favored one. The Lord is with you. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, 3, that we have received, past tense, as believers, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Why? Not because you're cute. I know you think you're cute. It's not because you're cute. It's because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's because of the right standing you have due to your faith in Jesus Christ. You have every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies, right? But the Lord is also with you. And we know that from the Great Commission. So think about this. As a believer, anybody who has believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is what Jesus says. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. So he says, I don't, I don't care about your seminary education. I, I don't care about your skin color. I don't care about your tax bracket. I don't care if you're tall, short, woman, man, hair, bald, whatever. I don't care of any of those things. Because you believe in Jesus Christ as as your Lord and Savior, you are qualified. You fit the profile to do the work for the kingdom. Make disciples of all the nations. Doing what? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on, he says, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And look at this. And lo, I am with you always. You see that? I'm with you always. Right now, I'm with you always. I'm always in you. So so you fit the profile simply by believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. 
Miss me with the excuses that you can't do the work of the kingdom. The moment you believed, you fit the profile. Matter of fact, I love how it works with the, with the demonic man. Uh, the demonic man is saved by Jesus, has his encounter with Jesus. He's, he's saved. The people come out to see, and they tell Jesus to go away. They're like, man, you, it's crazy. You able to get this demonic man to like, leave. Like, that's scary for whatever reason. Like, that's scary. Leave. And so the demonic man is like, well, if Jesus is leaving, I want to be with Jesus. I'm going to go with him. And all of us and, and our thinking is like, yes, that's the best thing to do. You were saved. Now go to the seminary of Jesus. What better thing to do? But what does Jesus say? He says, uh-uh. Go back to your people and tell them what happened. Tell them about me. They won't listen to me, but they, they'll listen to you. You got relationship with them. So you hold on. You mean to tell me this man who was just saved is now a church planner? But he didn't go to school. He doesn't have all the qualifications that were... How, why would Jesus send him back to the people instead of letting him sit with Jesus for 12 years, learn all he could for 12 years, and then send him back to the people after he has no connection? I mean, this is what we do. This is how we profile people. And I'll be the first to tell you, I, I mess it up all the time. All the time. I'm like, man, um, short, stumpy, bald people will never be great youth pastors. I really? <laughs> 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 Woo! Yeah! <laughs> so look. But, but this is what happens. This is, this is what happens, though. If we really believe that he can use any of us as believers, then every person we see is a potential person that would fit the profile as well. All that's required is that they believe in Jesus Christ. You see why you would share the gospel with everybody you meet, knowing that they could potentially be the person that God uses for the kingdom, to work for the kingdom? And so this is what we do. Yes, there's discernment in all of that. You're like, Rashad, well, what about discernment, right? Like, I'm discerning some things. And yeah, that's, that's great. That's great. But this is what we do. We use discernment to deceive us for what's actually doubt. You're not really discerning. You just doubt. you like, yeah, there's, man, Jeremy, I don't know, man. Prison ministry, I, uh, yeah, I don't know if you'll fit, man. Like, I'm, this is my discernment. My discern. It's your doubt. It's not... It's not discernment. You actually doubt. And because of your doubt, it doesn't fit in your profile of what either you think you can do for the kingdom or what you think somebody else can do for the kingdom. Any of my leaders in here, this is where we get hung up as a church. Uh, people will come to you ready to serve, ready to do things, and you're like, mm, they don't look like what I think they should look like or they don't walk like or know what I think they should know. And you call it discernment, but a lot of times it's actually doubt. So it goes both ways. You individually looking at yourself from a non-kingdom perspective, you will uh, quench everything God wants to do in your life and sit on the sideline and never step up to serve because you just don't think that he could use you for whatever ministry he wants to use you for. But then on the flip side, leaders, those who are already actively in ministry, are constantly looking at other people's ideas, you know, and other people's willingness to serve and saying, nah, there's no way that they would use that person and their personality and all that. But isn't that when you see the work of God? When it doesn't make sense to man, and it's like that person right there who shouldn't be able to work and operate with this. When I got to um, preach at the women's shelter, that's the last place that you would think to find me starting my ministry out is the women's shelter. 
And yet it was there that God did some of the most amazing things in my life when people stopped looking at me in my past and start looking at him and his potential in me. You see how that works? So kingdom perspective, uh, the place, the profile is all about God. But next up is the, uh, the kingdom promise. The kingdom promise. So it goes on in the scripture. Uh, the, the promise starts with the privilege. It says, and behold, you will conceive in your womb. He's talking to Mary. You will conceive in your womb, womb and bear a son and you shall call him Jesus. So the promise starts by talking about the privilege. Do you realize that serving God is a privilege? Like, you have the privilege to participate in these promises. Not, he doesn't need you. Some of us walk into a church where the pastors and the leaders are asking you to serve, and you walk in like, yeah, they... They need me. They lucky I'm here to pass out these bulletins. And we like, well, will you smile? Mm-mm. Y'all just lucky I'm here. I ain't got to smile. I ain't got to clean the church. I ain't got to do the slides. It's a privilege to participate in the kingdom. You get that? Every time I get up here to preach, it's a privilege. He doesn't need me at all. To reach you. He could reach you through songs on the radio, podcasts, you. He, could, he has so many ways to reach you. For me to get up here and think that he actually needs me for this church to function, how prideful is that, right? That's another P, prideful. I like that one. Look at this. It is a privilege to participate. You will give birth to a son. You even get to name him. We won't tell you what the name is, <laughs> but you get to do it, Right? You even get to name the son. you get to name the Son of God. Every time I get up here to preach, I get to name the sermon of God. I get to choose a name, Kingdom Talk, for, for God's sermon. Every time the, the, the worship team gets up here, they get to sing a song of God. You get to hand out bulletins for God. You get to teach the youth of God. That is a privilege. How can you sit around and miss out on the privilege? It's because you don't really see it as a privilege. You don't actually see the privilege of it, of how he said, look, look, I don't have to do it this way, but you, I'm I'm choosing you to do these things. I'm choosing you to conceive in your womb. I'm choosing you to give birth. I'm choosing you to name him. I'm giving you the privilege to be a part of this. In, in Mary's case, I'm giving you the privilege to produce something. But we, what do we do? We sit around. We see it as a burden. We see it as a problem, not a privilege. Think about it. A lot of us miss out on the privilege of serving God because all we look at is the problems that come with it. Like, like, we come in here and I would do more if it wasn't under that person. Or if I didn't have to work with that person. Or, or I would do more, but I'm worried about what they're going to say about me, and that's a problem. Or, or I would share the gospel more. Remember, remember, every time you share the gospel, it's a potential of leading somebody to eternity. Well, like, you are messing, you, you, you have the privilege to operate in the work of God for somebody's eternity. Have you ever led anybody to Christ? Like actually led, have you ever led somebody to Christ? 
Like, like, there's a difference between saying, I brought my child to church and the youth pastor led my child to Christ, and you actually leading your child to Christ or your husband or your wife, I, that you can experience on this side of heaven almost. Like, like seriously, to, to, to have somebody walk in this church and say, I'm an atheist, I'm an agnostic, and the only reason I'm here is because somebody invited me. And then you preach a message of God, and that message, because of the Spirit, speaks to their heart. And then they text you and say, I want to know more. And you take time, and you walk with them, and you walk with them, and to the point that they say, I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to be in the presence of him. I want to be baptized. Do you know the high that comes with that? Like right now, like I'm starting to lose it because you, you just want another hit. You're like, mm, I want some more of that stuff right there. What is that? It's the gospel. It's the privilege to, to, to be a part of the kingdom. You, you ever felt that before? Maybe you haven't felt that before because you won't even start sharing the gospel. You're looking at all the problems that come with it. If I start sharing the gospel, people are going to isolate me. They're going to stop talking to me. They're going to treat me like I'm not the in crowd. No more. Some of my friends might not want to hang out with me no more because I'm too holy. Like, this is what we... And so we look, the problems prevent us from taking part in the privilege, the privilege of eternity. Do, do, you, do you know what that feels like when you know that somebody's going to heaven because of what God wanted to do through you? That, that loved one who you know, who it seemed like there was no chance and because God decided to work through you because God chose you to be that person's sister or brother or co-worker or whatever because he chose you to be that and decided to work through you, they are going to the kingdom. Do you know what that feels like? But you focus on the problems. And, and it's funny, it's funny because um, we, we make it work for work. If there's money involved, we all in, right? Like, I remember when I was a director of recruiting, I had some knucklehead co-workers I could not stand. Couldn't stand them, Lindsay. Like, man, I, I got to go back in this cubicle next to this knucklehead that I cannot stand. But it pays the bills. So I'll be cordial. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, you get on my nerves, but yep, mm, I saw that show last night. No, I did not even watch it. But whatever makes this work, I will make it work for my money. But when it comes time to make it work for the kingdom, I just can't do it. And here's the thing. 99% of you spend more time at work than you do with church folk. And you still can't make it work. The people that you don't like at work, you spend 40 hours a week with them. Them people you don't like at church, you might spend two hours with them. And you just can't make it work for the kingdom. Explain that to me. I know we're going to get crickets, but explain that to me, right? And so you got to remember, it's, it's a privilege, not an obligation. He doesn't have to use you. He wants to use you. And we sit down on the sidelines because we're so concerned with everything else except for seeing it as the kingdom privilege of being a part and being able to produce the promise. But here's the second part. That promise doesn't just come with privilege. It comes with a purpose. It comes with a purpose. Look at this right here. He goes on to say this. He says, he will be great, being Jesus. He will be called the son of the most high. 
And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Keep going. He says, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. So you see how this works? You will bear, you will conceive, you will give birth, you even get to name him. But all of it is for him, not for you. The purpose is Christ. Christ will be great. Not you. Not you. Not me. Right? And his kingdom will remain forever. Not church on the rock. Not your ministry. You know why we got so ministries in, in all the various churches that, that won't die? Like, there, don't nobody attend them no more. Don't nobody do anything in them, but we keep them running. You know why? Because that's our kingdom. I came up with that ministry. So there's no way we're going to know we need that ministry. It's like, what's it got to do with Christ? D nothing. But I made it from the beginning, so we need to keep it going. And we keep these ministries in place that have nothing to do with Christ because we're just, it's tradition. Or that's the way my daddy did it. My grandpappy did it that way. My grandmama started that mission. My grandfather started that church. So I don't care if it's two people coming. We're going to keep this church open by any means necessary. You see how that works? Because it's all about us. But everything we're doing should be for him. He's the purpose. He's the purpose. Every time you sing, I don't care if you don't like the song. We, we didn't choose the song based on whether or not you liked it. You ever thought about that? Uh, people come in, this ain't my style of worship. Style of worship? Like, like as, if, as if, unless we do black gospel, God ain't going to hear it. Right? Right? Unless we do Christian contemporary, God ain't, if we do a hymn, oh, he ain't going to hear that. No, that's you. That's you, right? Like that. Everybody looking at Lucy. Look at this. <laughs> We're sure like, yeah, God like hymns too. <laughs> but no, no, no. Think, think about this though. Think about this though. We come in here. Oh, they're singing that song again. Mm. And my father. And it's like that song, we didn't choose it for you. We chose it for him. You know, somebody come in here. I don't like the music you chose this week. I'm like, that's great because we didn't choose it for you anyway. <laughs> Right? I don't, why did you preach that scripture? It's God's word? Well, I, I didn't like that one. Okay, it wasn't for you. Like, th th nothing we do here is for you, and yet we build church for the people. We literally put things in place so that you can be consumers and not co-workers. Everything is about what you like and what you want. Everything we do is about what you like and what you want, and we walk on eggshells, and we're like, oh, can we, when it's supposed to be the other way around. You should be excited. That's why I love this youth thing. Like, they're excited. They're excited to be up here singing. They're excited to be back there serving. I had some of the kids coming, is there anything else I can do? Is there anything else I can do? And yet the adults who's supposed to be setting the example are like, I hope they ain't going to ask me to do nothing, because I ain't doing nothing. I came and that's enough, right? Look at the difference though. Look, like, look at the difference in that. And so what happens is we've lost the fact that it's his purpose, not ours. And if you did that, it would remove all the things that you're scared of. Like, like think about this. Um, if it's really about his reign, like his kingdom reigns for all time, and not your reputation, then it doesn't matter how big the platform is. I got to preach in Arkansas this week amongst uh, many pastors and leaders, and most of the time you would be nervous. You're like, man, there's a whole bunch of pastors going to be there. They're going to be critiquing me. and I don't care about them. 
I'm not preaching for them. I'm preaching for him. It's not about my reputation. They can dog me. They can talk about me. They can do whatever. It's about his reign, though. It's not about my reputation. So no platform is too big. But if it's about his purpose and not your platform, then no platform is too small either. There's people who come up here and will preach in front of the hundreds that are here or go preach a connection point or whatever, and then you ask them to come do something like Abe's, Abe's car thing that he does on some Tuesdays where it's like five people. Oh, that's, that's beneath me. You know what I mean? Because now I'm big time. Unless you're paying me a certain amount, I can't make it. And it's all because now, now it's about your platform. You're, you're past the chills and, and being scared of preaching in front of people, but now you've gotten so big, yeah, I, unless, unless this is a packed house, I ain't coming. I ain't preaching. Or unless you're paying me a good amount, I can't show up because it costs to get some of this right here. What does that look like? But we see this in the kingdom all the time. We see this in the kingdom all the time. Lead pastors won't preach at youth events because they're lead senior pastors. Like that's in the Bible anywhere. Right? People won't go sing at certain things because it's only going to be like 10 people. Why is that worth my time? It's the kingdom's time. It's for the kingdom. And so uh, people miss out on the kingdom promises because they're so focused on their platform or their reputation that they won't, they won't get involved, get involved for the kingdom. And it's funny because the kids show us the best example of that. They're begging for opportunities to participate. They're begging for, can we do Youth Sunday more than just the fifth Sunday of the month? Because that only happens like four times a year. Can we just do like, can y'all just take a break twice a month? Like, <laughs> like let's switch it all the way up. And I'm, I'm kind of like, why not? At least we know we'll have people serving. <laughs> and it shouldn't be that way. It should be the kids looking at the adults saying, how did you do that and teach me how to do this? And it's funny, I've seen probably the most discipleship I've seen in this church today as adults are pouring into our kids. You should see how like Ty was talking to the youth and Lucy and Emily and, and then back there Leah's like watching over James and I don't know where Brent went. Where'd you, okay, there. <laughs> but but, but I, I had Mason with me and, and I brought him into the room and I was like, okay, you're going to be, you're you going to, uh, shadow me and he's like what do I do I was like take my iPad make sure it gets to the table and, and even that he's like that's it and I was like yeah that's it and I was like now I want you to pray for anybody to ask for prayer he said uh right <laughs> but, but, but he was willing he's just like oh I get to be a part of something right and then I, I, I'm asking like the kids are coming up is there anything else I can do is there any other way I can serve and we got adults that we that are just like don't, don't bother me with that that's not what I'm here for I'm here for me you see that consumer versus co-worker? All right, so now, next up, uh, the kingdom power. The kingdom power is the next point that we're going to look at. These, just kingdom talk. We're just some practical things of walking through this conversation with Mary. The kingdom power. So first, I want to look at Mary questioning something. She, Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? Now, I want to caution you because all of us ask this question at some point. In our lives, how can this be that you're going to use me or use this church or use my marriage or use my child or use something? We all ask this question at some point, but what's important is why we ask this question. Because a similar question was asked by Zacchaeus, Zacharias, look, I didn't change the name and everything, Zacchaeus, Zacharias. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> 
I didn't change the name. Zacharias, look at this. So this is that, that same chapter, all right? The same chapter, this is the context. The, the, the angel goes to Jerusalem and meets Zacharias, and, Zachar- and he tells Zacharias the same thing. Your, your wife is going to have, everybody's laughing now, stop laughing. All right, your wife is going to have a child, okay? Zacharias responded like this. How will I know this for certain? I mean, for I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years, right? So his, his, his how will this happen is from doubt. Like, like hey, you're going to have a child. Man, I'm 100 years old. I'm going to have a child. She 90. How are we going to have children? We don't even get down like that no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, some, maybe some of y'all do. I don't know. That's, that's nasty. All right. The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. Look at this. He goes on and says, and behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak. So there's a punishment for his question. You shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place. Why? Because you did not believe in my words. See, he basically asked the same question, but his was from a place of non-belief. He didn't believe that what God said was possible or true. Like, sure, you, ain't talk, you got the wrong Zacharias. You, like, you was looking for Zacchaeus. I'm Zacharias. You was looking for Zacchaeus. You got the wrong person. He young. He, he, I'm the old Zacharias. You got the wrong person. And he's like, oh, you don't believe? Okay. Keep it. But, but looking at Mary's, Mary's was like this. He's talking. He's like, hey, you're going to be the mother of the son. She's like, uh-huh, and you will bear, uh-huh. And she's like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, real quick, so how's this going to happen? You see that? You see the difference? Like, she's believing. She's like, I believe, help my unbelief. Like, I'm all in. Like, uh-huh, yeah, I'm, I'm, me? Like, me? I'm, I'm going to be the mother, oh, I'm going to be the mother of Jesus. Ooh, ooh. How's it going to happen? I'm a virgin. Like, like, you got some explaining to do, but I'm all in. You just got to tell me, I just want to know the process, right? I just want to know the process of the promise. Like, how, how's it going to happen? So, so when you think about that, there's two ways that we can say, how can this be, right? One of them is looking at your, your circumstances and looking at your situations and not believing God. Not believing that God can use you exactly where you are right now in your life for the kingdom. Powerfully for the kingdom. Earth-shattering ways for the kingdom. Remember, he took 12 ragamuffins and turned the world upside down. Why couldn't he use you? Why couldn't he use like why why can't he use you? Why can't he why can't he use you at rush, bro? Right? Like why can't that the, the what is it the chicken quesadilla thingy? Like the way you serve that chicken quesadilla, why couldn't that be something that leads somebody to ask? Man, why are you so nice? And all these other uh, wait, waiters they they horrible. And you're like, man, because of God, you know what I mean? And it's like, well, what church do you go to? And then they come in here and somebody leads them to Christ and boom, he used you even in your workplace, right? That was a plug for go get him some tips or something, all right? <laughs> but think about that. No matter where you are, he can use you right there. You just got to believe. You just got to believe. Quit looking at your circumstances and your city. I'm a virgin. Okay, and Like, <laughs> I'm God, <laughs> Right? Like, think about that. And so, this is how he answers. This is how he answers her question. He goes on, go to the next verse, and he says, um, The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
Look at this. For that reason, the holy child shall be called the son of God. So the presence, the power is in the presence. Give me the presence slide right there. That's going to be the one that's kind of underneath that, the kingdom power. The presence of God is the power. So it's not about your potential. All right? Because if it was about my potential, I tapped out a whole, I tapped out a long time ago. <laughs> like, I tapped out a long time ago. It's about his presence. His answer to Mary was, it's not going to be you. It's going to be him through the Holy Spirit upon you. It's going to be the power of the, 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 the Most High overshadowing you. It's his presence. Here's the problem. A lot of us don't want to be overshadowed. See, are you willing to give up your shine for him to overshadow you? Hmm? Where, it's all, where he gets all the credit and you get no glory? You see that? We're so busy trying to get in the front of the stage and look what I did. Look what I did. And no wonder what you're doing is whack. I remember when I was doing um, secular hip-hop. When I was doing secular hip-hop, I thought I was the best rapper of all. Darius, you, you go back to my days of back when we was recording. Back, I got some songs with Darius singing. Y'all got to hear it. But, <laughs> but, but remember, we thought we was doing some stuff, right? And I remember doing the secular hip-hop. Man, I had like two followers. My wife and my daughter. <laughs> right? Like, nobody was really, like, into my music like that. I thought I was, I'm like, design, look at me, blah, 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 blah. Put the stuff out and everything. The moment I started doing it for Christ, in secular hip-hop, I had to give them CDs out. I had to give them out. Please take one. I beg it. Would you please take one to coat, please? And just listen to it, give me your feedback. The moment I started doing it for Christ, oh, my goodness. Because the power was in his presence. It was no longer my words in my story that I'm rapping. I was just rapping the Bible, and all of a sudden, people buying stuff all over the place and saying, please come, you know, wrap this one here and wrap that one there, and it's all, I'm like, man, I'm just regurgitating the Bible. I'm just making the Bible rhyme, and they're like, that, exactly. And so in that moment, you see, it was, the only difference was it was the presence. So yes, I know you can't, but he can. I know you won't, but he will. It's his presence. And go back to that verse real quick. I want you to see this. This is a, a good point. Look at this. For this reason. For what reason? Because the Holy Spirit is upon her, because the power of the Most High will overshadow. For this reason, it, he shall be called the Son of God. Not the Son of Mary. Not the Son of Joseph. Not the Son of anything. The Son of God because it was all God. What would happen if everything we did as a result of the power of the Most High being present, as a result of the Holy Spirit being upon us, would be of God and not of you. Think about that. Hebrews 1.3 says this about Jesus because, because of that. Give me Hebrews 1.3. It says, and he, Jesus, is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. What if everything you did for the kingdom resulted in this verse? Hey, when the, when, when the girl, when Rob was up here singing, her song was the exact representation of his nature. When James was moving those slides, the way he moved those slides was the exact representation of his nature. When I was preaching, when you were serving, when you parenting, when you loving your husband, when you loving your wife, when you at the workplace, everything you do for the kingdom is the exact representation of his nature because the power of the Most High is with you because the Holy Spirit is upon you and as a result, everything you produce, everything you birth is of God. You see that? 
but we're too, bu- we're too busy doing us. And the things that we say we're producing for the kingdom is actually of us and not of God. And you wonder why there's no power moving through it. It's because you're, you're relying on yourself. You're depending on you. What happens when you switch that up and you say, you know what, you know what, I'm going to start doing things that require God. Not my comfort zone, not where I feel comfortable, but that actually require God. That's when you're stepping out on faith. That's when you're living in faith. When you're like, the only way we're going to open these doors again is if God shows up. When me and my wife surrendered to the call here, that was the first thing I said. I was like, man, Brownsburg, Brit, Brownsburg. And we weren't as diverse as a community back then. Brownsburg, Brit, my history. The only way I'm going to be able to pass the church on the rock is God. That's it. ABA, God. That's it. Sorry, that's our association for those of you who don't know. Ask me about that later. All right. So what are you doing right now that is of God, and what are you doing that is of you? And why are you doing of you, child of God? Hmm? Why, why, are you, why are you doing your business and not your father's business? Just asking. All right, and so you got, you got the presence, but then you got the proof. You have the proof. Look at this. This was the, the rest of his response. He says, and behold, look, even your relative Elizabeth, it was like her cousin, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. So this is proof. He's like, not only, not only will it be the presence, so here's the answer. How can it be? God. That's how it's going to be. But look, in case you need a little bit more, she didn't even ask for this. Look down the street. Your cousin is pregnant. Remember, she couldn't get pregnant. They used to call her barren Elizabeth. Even she's pregnant. So you see the miracle. And look at that. It says, look. Some of us won't even look. Just look around you. There's miracles everywhere. You're like, there's no way God can use this broken marriage. Man, just look. Have you, have you heard my testimony with my wife? You must be out your mind if you don't think God can't use your marriage. Right? Just look around. Get intimate with some people. And, and that person that you're too busy like idolizing, you'll find out comes from a broken history. And God is just using them. But see, here's the the problem. We got some holy haters. We got some people who are holy haters. When you look and you see God at work in somebody else, you hating. Like, imagine if Mary was like, yeah, she pregnant, but um, um, she went to a donor. Or she's she's on them pills, them them extra fertilizing pills, just hating instead of saying, look at God work. And that's what churches do all the time. You pastors get together in these little conferences and stuff, and they're like, hey, pastor, how you doing? Hey, man, we're doing fine, man. We just went from 50 to 300. And they're like, oh, that's great. And then they go behind your back and they go, yeah, it's because they didn't took all the morals and all the things that you support. Like, that's what they say behind your back. And we, we do it too. Hey, how's that church got 5,000 people? Surely they're a little loose on their doctrine to have 5,000 people. Just look at God at work. You gonna say that about the New Testament church that had three thousand in one day? Oh, what, what's their excuse, right? So, so sometimes we're just holy haters, and, and you and, and it's the spirit of Saul. Back in the Old Testament, there's this story about Saul, who was king, and David, who was kind of his, he was going to be the next king. They came back from war, and Saul trotted in on his horse. That's my little trot, right? He trotted in on his horse, and they were like, Saul. Saul, he's our man. 
He killed tens of thousands. And ah, yes, Saul. But when David came, that Chicago Bulls music started playing. And now, you know what I mean? And David came in, and they erupted, and they were like, David, David, he killed hundreds of thousands. So the Bible says in that scripture that Saul, as a result, had a suspicious spirit about David. Like, oh, they praising him more than me, and I'm the king? Like, they... How they going to praise him more than me? I'm the, ki- I'm the king. They're going to praise him more. Talk about he got hundreds of thousands. How they know that wasn't my, my, like 50 of those weren't mine. I got 60,000. He got 50,000. Like, how they know, right? He too busy hating. And what happens is he gets this divisive spirit that a lot of us in the church have. When we get to hating on each other about what's going on with you, in each other's lives. And thinking that God's just not at work. And instead we just holy haters critiquing everything. What if Saul said, I killed tens of thousands. He killed hundreds of thousands, so the kingdom killed hundreds of tens of thousands. If that's even a word or how you would say it, right? 110,000, right? What if he just saw all his kingdom work? What would happen if we did that? If I just stopped hating on you, stopped hating on others, and just say, praise God for what he's doing in the kingdom. But then we also got the humble haters. So you got holy haters who critique everything going on, but then we got the humble haters who go, surely he can't use me. You know, we call it humility, but it's actually pride because you're telling God what he can and cannot do. So that's not, that's not humility. Oh, woe is me. He can't use. No, no, that's pride. He can use, he can use you. Think about it like this. When, Mo, when God went to Moses, hey, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. I want you to be. He, I, 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 uh, God, I, I, I stutter. I got to stutter. Like, by the time I get it out, he's going to be like, leave, right? Like, uh, like. I got, I got, I got a talk, talk, talking problem, so God, I can't do it. You know how prideful that is? Like God is talking to you and says, you go do this. You, I, I, I can't do it. And then look at Jeremiah. He, he tells Jeremiah, Jeremiah, David, I formed you in the womb. I knew you before the foundations of the earth. I set you apart to do what I'm, to go cut hair, <laughs> right? I, I want you to go, I've set you apart to go cut hair. What if you respond, I was like, but God, I ain't really got no clippers, I ain't got no experience, and he's telling you before you was born, I already planned this for you. You know what that reminds me of? Transgenders. Everybody want to talk crazy about the transgender. Transgender comes out, and they're like, hey, I'm a boy, but I feel like a girl, so I'm going to be a girl. I'm a girl, but I feel like a boy, so I'm going to be a boy. Okay, you want to talk about the transgenders? Let's talk about you. You're supposed to be a believer who's called to make disciples, called to make, appointed to make disciples, ordained to make disciples. And then you look back in God and say, well, I know I'm supposed to make disciples, but I feel like I don't have the personality for it. You're looking at God. And you're telling him, I know you set me apart for this. I know, you, I know this is my job, my responsibility. I know this is how you made me. This is my DNA, but I don't feel like it. Hey, church members, you're a church member? Serve. I don't feel like it. You're saying the same thing they're saying. Oh, y'all don't like that. Oh, they don't like that one. Oh, okay, I'm going to keep it moving then. All right, I'm gonna, I got stuff to do today. All right, so what happens when you let kingdom success build you instead of bother you? 
When you stop looking at people and, and taking their success and making it your measure and instead make it your motivation. I'm not hating on you. I'm trying to get where you are. I used to have this rap song. It said, if he's blessing my neighbor, I know he's down the street. You, ever, you, you know what that feels like? Like, I'm, I'm happy that he's blessing you because that means he's on my block. <laughs> if he's on my block, he's in my vicinity. I'm not hating that it's going good down there. That means he's on the street. That means he's answering prayers. You have, man, you know what it feels like when you pray for somebody else and they are blessed. You don't hate on them. you like, that means God is listening. He ain't got the mind yet, but he took care of them. Man, this shit, man, I don't think y'all hearing me right now. Woo! All right, so then go to the next verse, the possibilities. The possibilities. Look at this. For nothing will be impossible with God. So he says it'll be the presence Here's your first answer, Mary. The presence of God, the, the presence of his power is how you will be able to carry this out. But then also, look, he's already doing it. There's proof that he can do this through others so you know he can do it through If he's done it for somebody else, he'll do it for me. The same yesterday, today, forevermore, all that good old stuff right there. But then the possibilities. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Nothing is too hard for God. When we were younger in youth group, we used to sing, he's got the whole world in his hands. Come on, he's got the whole world in his hands. Now he can't even have your mortgage in his hands. <laughs> yeah. Now, now he can't even have your, your marriage in his hands. When you was younger, he had the whole world, right? But now he ain't even got your job in his hands. He ain't got your love life in his hands. He ain't got your sexual desires in his hands. Your like you, you act like God's hand got smaller because you got older. His hand ain't changed. Your view of his hand has changed. You see that? When I was younger, I could be pure for God because he had the whole world in his hands. Now I've gotten a little older and people look a little better. And I don't know if I, can, if I can hold out. Man, get them desires of God. Man, when I was younger and, and they had the people come to the school and say, just say no, I was just say no. But, but, but now I was around it and I heard about what it can do. And, and, I, and, and now God's not strong enough for that. But you come in here talking about my God's mighty to save and move mountains. and yeah, but, he, but he can't keep you from from falling into these things, it's the same God from when we was younger. It's the same God that we believed in when we was little, and his hand didn't get smaller. Your, your pride got bigger. So the possibilities, the possibilities. Last thing right here, the kingdom person. The kingdom person. So we, had, we looked at the, uh, the perspective of the kingdom. Place doesn't matter. Profile is anybody who's a believer, he can use any of them. Uh, we looked at the promises, right, saying that it was a privilege to be a part of those promises and saying that everything of those promises is for a purpose and that purpose is Christ. We looked at the power of the kingdom, which is the presence of God. He gave you proof in other people, right? And then he showed you that the possibilities are endless because he is God. But so, so here's the response of the kingdom person. Go and show us what Mary says. Mary says this, uh, and Mary said, behold, the bond slave of the Lord. That is the position of a kingdom person, a bond slave of the Lord. 
In other words, we, we looked at that in Romans. In Romans, uh, remember when we started off, we said doulos was a slave, was somebody who had no ownership of themselves. So Mary's response to all of this is, you know what? Cool. Now that you've given me all of that, I am your slave. So that's the position right there. But then next is the plan. And this is the final point. This is the plan. So the position is slave, but here's the plan. Look at this. She goes on and says, may it be done to me according to your word. In other words, a, a plan for the slave is no plan at all. A plan for the slave is the master's plan. The master plan. I like that. That's the plan for the slave. So as we ask the worship team to get ready to come up here and sing again, I want you to think about this. It's very practical. Very, very practical. Um, when we're doing this kingdom talk, it's all about thinking less of yourself and thinking more of him. I got a couple of rock responses. Rock response number one, we fail to manifest his divine abilities because we magnify our human disabilities. We fail to actually reveal what God can do because we're so busy magnifying what we can't do. But that's the point. That that's how God gets glory. When you can't do it, the only way it happens is that he does it. This is how you show people. People go, I can't see God. I can't touch him. How do I know he's real? I'd be like, did you know I have stage fright? You do? Mm-hmm. Don't like being up here. Very insecure up here. Very, very insecure up here. Every single time I get up here, I'm nervous. So what's, how am I doing this? God. Did you know if you talk to me after this, I am, I am not eloquent at all in speaking. Like, ask anybody who's came to a Q&A, right, Mama? Like, I can't get words out. I said something about stepping on toes and said step on turds. I don't know. And it's just all messed up. I'm not a great, I'm not a good speaker. I'm not a great speaker. So who's speaking? God. You see that? Uh, number two, look at this. God uses those willing for the kingdom to work for the kingdom. All, all Mary was was willing. She was just willing. Cool. He's like, I'll use you because you're willing. Anybody in here who's willing for the kingdom, he will use the work for the kingdom. And this last one, you'll definitely want to take a picture of it. It's really long because I got really excited. Okay. When God gives us the privilege to participate in the advancement of the kingdom, we must not abort those opportunities based on what we see as our ability to conceive or create. And instead, we must birth those opportunities based on what we know is his ability to complete. Let me give you this final thought right here. I know, yeah, that's a long one, right? Thank you, Nick. You're a preacher, though, so that don't count. All right? Look, 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 look at this. Look at this. Look at this. The beauty of what Mary did was this. When she said, may it be according to your word, she didn't say, what about Joseph, her husband, who she was supposed to be a virgin for until the day of marriage? She didn't say, what about my reputation in the community Everybody going to think I'm a little loosey-goosey, right? She didn't say anything else about what about my figure, what about, she didn't say any of that stuff. She just said, may it be according to your word. In other words, she knew that if this is what he called her to, he will complete it. Not just in giving birth to the Son of God, but in everything else. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. And he will take care of the rest. So what happens when we, like Mary, respond and say, look, I know you've called me to make disciples. I know you've called me to serve in the church. I know you've called me to live a set-apart life. And therefore, I'm simply going to seek first your kingdom and trust you will take care of the rest. Amen? 
So we're going to sing this song, Holy Spirit. Sing it like you mean it. Show them that, that we appreciate that they're leading us in worship. And think about those words as his presence comes over us. Amen? All right.